Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to another edition of BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I'm Vicky Barcelona, and with me as always is... DJ Shay. Am I always with you? I'm so used to, I almost said Sarah because oh. of my other podcast. I'm so, it's like, all with me as always is, ooh, Sarah. Yeah, but I that's... almost said that. It's, ooh, BJ. It's nice to know that I'm always with you, though. It's sort of like. In my heart and in no my. He's no longer alive, but he's always with me. Yeah, he's always a pain in my. Hey, also with us is Joey D. Hey. Joey D. I'm not. Ooh, Sarah. I can't even do that. I don't even know how you guys do that. But thank you for joining us in all the ooze this uh, this episode. Uh, on today's show, we are going to have BJ give us his thoughts on the series Tales of the Jedi. That's Star Wars for you. He also will give us a review of some Star Trek comic. Oh. Trek Q conflict. Oh, yeah. There's conflict. We're going to share some of the geeky things we are thankful for because it's Thanksgiving week. And we're fat and happy from all the food we've been eating. And of course... A special holiday geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Dot com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. <laughs> or just search uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app, BJ Shea, to find us. Find us. Us, 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 us. Anywho, <laughs> we're a little, uh, what would you say, energized today because, of course, we just ate a bunch of food. It was Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We are thankful, happy to be here, which, of course, means we had a couple days off. And when we have days off, well, there's a couch and it's comfortable and we stream TV and movies. Yes. BJ, there's a new Star Wars show. Now, this is not your typical Star Wars show, Tales of the Jedi. I believe this is an animated show. Yeah, uh, if you know pretty much uh, if you know uh, all of the Star Wars animated stuff like Bad Batch and Clone Wars and all that good stuff, Rebels, uh, you'll recognize. Though it, though the animation seems a slightly different, maybe it's just slightly better as they continue to get better with this technology. I'm not sure. It it, it struck me as a little different, even though it's very similar. I could just be making that all up, and it's probably the same same exact stuff. This has gone under the radar. I'm surprised. I I. Haven't heard many people talk about this as much as I would expect because I really think there's good stuff in here as they explore a little bit with Ashoka Tan and also they explore a little bit with Count Dooku. This is what's really exciting for me is you get backstory about Count Dooku. Now, that's the big Mm. bad from uh, Attack of the Clones, Episode 2, the Star Wars movie that we got, where he fights Yoda, I believe. Yeah, Christopher Lee, great legendary actor, played the part of Count Dooku in the movies. And uh, as you know, uh, in Episode 2, was basically the new apprentice after Darth Maul. Uh, just you know, he, he fell. He, uh, <laughs> he he was half-assing it for the movie. Hey, hey. and they were like, well, "All right, we want somebody who's fully into the job." Hey, hey, he doesn't have a head on his yeah body. Uh, uh, but then you also realized that yeah, he didn't get to the head of the class by episode three. Whoa, <laughs> yeah, you're like, wow. Um, so yeah, uh, Count. But you're like, how did Count Dooku go bad? You know, it's interesting because Count Dooku, of course, was the Padawan teacher for the master for Qui Gon Jinn who was, of course, the master for Obi-Wan Kenobi. So you're like, yeah, how'd this guy go bad? I mean, he was a Jedi, and then all of a sudden he did all this nefarious stuff, and for a long time, I love the story they tell. Um, And that's the whole arc? Yes, and uh, I will give you know what I like about this, and this is really good, 
is that what this this particular Tales of the Jedi and the Count Dooku story tell you is that we're used to seeing the Empire doing a lot of crappy things. You know that, and that you understand why, especially if you're watching Andor, you go, okay, we get why they want to rebel. This is, like, you know, especially Andor, who it seems like Andor, if you watch Andor, it's like, this guy, it seems is the focal point for every horrible thing the Empire does. <laughs> he found himself in some pretty bad situations. Seriously, from the beginning of his life, when you think about it, as a little kid, to almost every part of his life, the Empire is F this guy, up until, hey, spoiler alert, Rogue One, the Empire does in the last minute even F this guy. I mean... He was doomed by the Empire, uh, let's be honest. Ah, from birth, unfortunate. Yeah, and what I like about the story of Dooku is that you realize that just because Palpatine took over and did everything he did doesn't all of a sudden mean a flick, a switch was flicked and, all right, now we're all going to become evil and do evil things to people. And, 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 and so they show that even before Palpatine was doing anything, and when we had a republic and when we had everybody was cool, you know, uh, you know probably, uh, you know, when uh, Padme was just crawling around playing with blocks, there were still some horrible people doing some horrible things in the world of politics. And this story is kind of told, which then helps you see how Dooku went from A to Z or from zero to 60 and said, I'm going to go and make everything. I'm going to be a red bad guy. Yeah, that's exactly what I loved about Andor is that you get to see the repercussions of Palpatine being the leader because you don't really get that in the Star Wars universe. It's mostly just, you know, Jedi versus the Sith. You know, Duke is just a bad guy. He just is there to control the rebel or the uh, uh, army, the uh, stormtroopers and attack. Whereas in Andor, they're more like, uh, the senators don't like what Palpatine's doing, a lot of them, and they're trying to not rebel because obviously he's in power and they don't want to get overthrown or you know, destroyed, killed, murdered, sift, <laughs> as they say. Yeah. They want to instead, you know, try to find a way to fight back and, you know, they still get My favorite part about it is that they don't have access to their money. I laughed, so I was like, how about that? Palpatine's got control of all the money. Isn't Whoops. that great? <laughs> Shocker. Um, yeah, and this shows you that even before Palpatine came into power, you know, it's not just Palpatine being able to pull a fast one over the rebels. I should say over the over the Jedi, which he was able to do. Yep, yep. Uh, but he also knew there were people that were corrupt in the first place long before he turned it into the Galactic Empire. And this shows that. And now you get to see, it's fascinating, you get to see... Dooku became Dooku and also explains more about why Anakin, all of them doing what they're doing, and that's why I love the Ahsoka story, it really gives Anakin even more reason to do what he did as far as going against the Jedi, uh, you know, and, and, and it, I, this is what I love about all this. It actually fills in a lot of blanks that Lucas had because he was telling a story for five-year-olds and, you know, then what Dave Filoni and the guys have done has said, let's let's also tell more stories for us older folks and fill in some of these blanks that, you know, they didn't tell for the five-year-olds. That's fun. You know, I do hope that the Ahsoka series we get follows more of the neutral Jedi because I always thought that would be a cooler storyline because we've seen the good and we've seen the bad and we've seen the in-between in the fight, right? But there is that fallout where there are no, you know, kind of where Luke was rising, but in a different timeline where you might be the more neutral Jedi because you're you have the powers, but you can't really use them around people. But you're not good or evil because you've had no training. So it's really fanaticism. 
Sure, sure. And that's really what it's a great – that's why you're right. Ahsoka is somebody who, like, I have ability, but I'm not a fanatic. Yeah. And I love that the Jedi, because it's kind of a religion, so you've got religious fanaticism, you've got political fanaticism. All of that gets covered so well. You also have corruption and humans being humans. So this is um, – this is a nice, this is a good, I think, six episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there's stuff about Ahsoka. I will tell you the first episode, I hated. Um, <laughs> but it's all like, oh, isn't this cute? And so there are people who are going to love the whole cuteness of the first episode. But the rest of them I really liked. I really liked the other episode. And look, yeah, I, 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 you know, I sat through, I'm glad they made it the first episode. But, you know, arguably, if, like, if I didn't get to watch more, I, I would have been like, this is really what it's going to be. Maybe it's not for me. Um, but, yeah, they did a great job with this. And I think it's yeah, – I, I, I'm surprised people haven't been talking about it. The Count Dooku stuff is brilliant. Plus, you get to see a young Qui-Gon Jinn. You get to see, uh, you know, you get to see Mace Windu and all these folks, but, like, before you've ever seen them. Yeah, you it's know, weird that they, they – the only way you can do that is with animation because when you bring back the characters, people get so – touchy about what you can and can't do and talk about or even show, you know, even the, a little bit of the history of it for your sister's thing, like Mice Windu or Qui-Gon Jinn or anything like that, because, like, they're not the original actors and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I just kind of want a good series with writing and, like, some sweet characters. You got to get over that, man. I mean, I was thinking that J.J., I thought J.J. really did that for us, J.J. Abrams, when he basically rebooted the Star Trek actors, and I loved all of them. Like, yeah, yeah that yeah. wasn't Shatner and that wasn't Nimoy and that wasn't, you know, DeForest Kelly. I don't care. You know what I mean? Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto. And why am I forgetting the guy from The Boys? Uh, uh, Carl Urban. Carl Urban, yeah. <laughs> they were great. You know, of course, Simon Pegg and Scotty. I love them. Please. I mean, it's going to happen. People are going to get older, especially if something's 50-something years old. Let's get some new people. I bet they can do a good job. And um, it's really exciting to see the younger versions. And the uh, the voice acting is amazing because part of me was like, did Liam Neeson come back and do the voice for Qui-Gon? And it was not. It was uh, uh, Mikhail Richardson who I was like, wow, he really sounded good. And yeah, so it's uh, though Ashley Ashley Eckstein, uh, she did come back uh, as uh, Ahsoka. So I think Eckstein, I don't Eckstein or Eckstein, but she came back for as Ahsoka. So uh, that was kind of cool. Even though we know we have you know Rosario Dawson playing the live action version, uh, and Ian McDermott did come back and play Darth Sidious, which was kind of cool. You know, the Emperor before because this was before he was actually Emperor. Now yeah, uh, that's awesome. Sounds like great stuff coming out of uh, Tales of the Jedi. Hopefully, we get a little bit more. I'm, you know, if something does well, they always make more of it. I like it. I thought this was this is a positive show. I know a lot of people weren't fans of uh, the Obi Wan show, uh, but hey, I think that right this here. show and Andor, I I, I I find it hard to believe someone's not going to give high marks and mass to to Tales of the Jedi. Awesome. Well, moving on from Star Wars to the other star. Series Star, Star Trek. Trek. Uh, you have been reading some comic books, BJ, and it's been a little while since we've gotten a review from you. And I saw that you were reading a Q conflict in the Star Trek universe, and I got to tell you, I love Q. Yeah, this is uh, this is IDW. IDW has been doing like Star Trek books for a long time. They were the ones that had a good Will Wheaton featured story in the 400th issue, I believe. Uh, I think it was the 400th issue of of uh, their Star Trek books that they've been doing. And uh, quick shout out to, if you haven't been, uh, Lower Decks uh, had their season finale. Lower Decks is such a great show. I love it. If you love Rick and Morty meets Star Trek, <laughs> those are the guys. I mean, it's really well done. Uh, and also, Star Trek Prodigy, Joe, I keep thinking of you. Like It's like, if Joey had a kid... Here's what we would do, the, the three of us. We would sit down and we'd watch Star Trek Prodigy because it's a kid's show, Nickelodeon style, introducing someone to the Star Trek universe who does, knows nothing about it. It's definitely kid, kid show-ish, 
but it's also really well done. Like they don't insult your intelligence. And as a Star Trek fan, I'm like, my God, they are the, the animation is gorgeous. And the stories are really like, like there's some good stuff. Like these are not, they're not just going, well, because it's a kid's show, we're going to make it stupid. They really do a, a really good job with it. And you do not have to be a Star Trek fan to even know or care, but they really bring in stuff for us Star Trek fans going, oh my God, they're, they're getting to see this and they're getting to do that. And that's really cool. I have a baby Yoda. Does that count? Hmm. Uh, well, it's wrong place, but you know, I mean, uh, you know, uh, dang, it's the yeah. closest thing that I have yeah. to a baby, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't all have right, a... you know what? Okay, <laughs> you know what? We'll let Baby Yoda in. He can count as my grandkid. Yes. I'll take that. So, the Star Trek Q Conflict comic series. This is a fascinating, and this is what's great about comics. They can even do more sometimes than animation because you know you got to pay for all that. Uh, whereas with the comic, it's like, hey, the artist and the writer can do whatever they want and draw whatever they want. And the concept is this. Um, Q is not the only godlike being that we have encountered in the world of Star Trek. In the original series, there were a lot of people that basically came to the Federation or came to the Enterprise and kicked their ass. Like the Spock would be like, Captain, I don't know how to tell you this, but on the evolutionary scale, these MFers are as far above us as we are above the ant. <laughs> uh, not the ants. Yeah. And so you're like, and then Kirk's like, I have nothing to say because, well, like you said, we're kind of losers here. Um, so there have been godlike beings that have interacted. And so now there's this, this Q decides to, they're at war. It's like there's the Metrons from the original series and they've intervened and in, in, in the big episode with the Gorn and the guy in the rubber suit, basically. The Metrons were there. Then there's Trelane, who some people always thought was a Q-like being, but this was a childlike character who um, was a kid. But he looked like an adult, but he was really a kid, and he captures the Enterprise. But because he's looking through a telescope, if you will, he sees Earth back in, like, the turn-of-the-century Victorian times, and he thinks that's what it should be. So he's dressed up like this Victorian-time guy. So they got that dude from the original series. And then finally they got the Organians, and they're the ones where Spock said, Yeah, you know what, Captain? These guys are pure energy. And if you've ever heard that drop from Spock, or it was in one of the songs, Pure Energy. They're just pure energy <laughs> beings posing as human humanoid-looking beings, and it was great when the Klingons and they couldn't fight each other. The Klingons and humans couldn't fight each other because the Organians were like, "Yeah, you guys, you know, we're, we're done. We're done with you idiots fighting." Um, so those four beings—Q, the Metrons, the Organians, and Trelane. All are in conflict and decide the way they're going to settle their conflict is they're not going to fight. They're going to go basically invade the timeline and get pretty much every Star Trek captain you can imagine, except for anybody from the Discovery era. So you've got the Janeways and you've got the Cisco's and you've got the Kirk's and you've got the Picard's and their crew. And they're all mix and match. So Picard's not working with his crew. He's got to work with people from different crews, which is kind of fun to see him interact with somebody from the original or somebody from Deep Space Nine, somebody from Janeway's crew. And that is the story of Star Trek The Q Conflict. That's the concept as you see all this play out as all of these captains, all of these crews have to work together. And they're like in basically a Squid Games kind of a thing where they're competing against each other. And basically they're on a team of one of these godlike beings. And Q is one of the, you know, it's like the Q team, the Metron team, the, you know. Go and, Team Q. Yeah, and it's uh, it's very well done. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Scott Tipton, who's, Scott, if I'm not mistaken, this guy's done a lot of stuff in the world of Star Trek and also maybe Doctor Who, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Scott Tipton and David Tipton, though, though two of them have been involved, and uh, David Messina is the artist. And it's IDW. Uh, if you're a Trek fan, I think this is worth a pickup. That's awesome. No, it sounds, okay. I do have a question now. Before we move on, 
Is this better than the Q storyline we got in Picard Season 2? Oh, I feel like you will think this is better because it's an all-star cast. That's, I, I, that, I mean, it's a biased every, question, maybe. Would you, would you watch a Star <laughs> Trek show that had everybody from every Star Trek series in it? And I mean, Picard, yeah, I'd probably watch that. Yeah, you know, I mean, the original, and also in their original form, by the way. That's the thing. Well, like, if there was some way they could take everybody from the young days of the original series, like Kirk as 34-year-old Kirk and all those actors and everybody in their prime getting to be on the same show, that's the beauty of comics. Do uh, I get Beard Riker or Clean Shaven Riker? You've got Beard Riker. Yes, yeah, Beard Riker. You've got, you've got Riker, buy a Riker's beard. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear it's good because uh, Star Trek had been a little bumpy there for a second with the <clears throat> Picard. Um, yeah, well. Yeah. Moving along from that, it is the Thanksgiving week, day after. And I thought we could spend a little moment. I just wanted to say thank you to all the Geek Nationals personally for sticking with us. You know, this year has been a little bit rougher with us with some uh, yes. shift changes and uh, the you know trying to get back onto our, our rhythm, get into our rhythm, you know, really, uh, you know, find what we were missing there for a second. And I'm glad that uh, we were able to come together and get back onto this podcast. And I just want to say I was really thankful for it. Vicky and BJ, you know, getting to talk to you guys every week is just a blast for me, and you guys Aww. get to hear me rage. So I want to say thank you to that. And all of the Geek Nationals who uh, stayed with us and are listening, thank you. We love you guys. But I thought we could spend a, a quick minute and just talk about what thing we are most thankful for is still on TV, movies, games, mm. whatever you're playing. Ooh. What are you most thankful for so far this year? Ooh, I think I got it. Vicky, Umbrella Academy season four. Yeah. We're getting it wrapped up. Oh, that that's is unfortunately awesome. the thing with a lot of shows we love. We don't always get the wrap up we need. We we hope for a next season that's gonna tie a nice little bow on it, and we don't get that. And so it's nice to know that they're giving that to us. Thank you, Netflix, for that. I I really really want to thank Netflix because I know sometimes it's difficult to renew shows. But I think once you go to a second season, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it's like, look, guys, you, you kind of you, you, you strung us along. You got to give us a wrap up. They did that with Lost in Space. I mm -hmm. feel I feel like Netflix knew. I think we're done after season three, and I'm happy because everybody got to wrap it yep. up. That wasn't the case for Umbrella Academy. Like this is not a wrap up. No. I mean, if anything. We, we we need to know how this is all going to go uh, because, you know, the, the writer uh, or the showrunner definitely had a plan. He said mm -hmm. he had a plan, so thank you, Netflix. Most definitely. Yeah. For me, Stranger Things, man. Uh, Getting another season. Thank you, Netflix, again. I, no. I know. Yeah. But even that, like, so what? This is going to be season five we're going to be getting yes. soon. Most series, like, maybe you'll get another good season in there, but usually just starts to go to poo. Season one, phenomenal. Season two was okay. Season three grabbed me again. Season four just absolutely knocked it out of the park. That is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially if you said a fourth season. And, like, I don't know. We could compare, you know, good or bad or how much worse or better they were than the other series. But that show every season has never really gone below a seven or an eight for right. me. I've always really enjoyed it. I thought the acting and the... Uh, scenes and just the way they just filmed it were just so beautiful Everyone's every time. so talented. Ah, I'm just so happy that we get more of that. And then second, close second for me is Andor. I can't believe we got a Star Wars yeah. series that I'm enjoying. I'm very surprised. So thankful for that. 
Yeah, a lot of people, uh, especially you know, uh, and and they, like they, one of the recent episodes where uh, somebody was being uh, caught in a tractor beam. Some people thought, "My gosh, that particular scene and how all of that went down." They were like, "That's like what I remember from back in the day, uh, just how that all went down." And yeah, it's Andor has been a pleasant surprise for me. And like I said, I don't even like the dude. I don't like the character, and it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, you know, I don't hate him either, but it's like. The show has just got so much good stuff going on and really does take a five-year-old, you know, a five-year-old's presentation, which is what it was supposed to be, and brought it up to everybody's expectations. It's like, you've basically said, here's what's going to make episodes one, two, and three better. Yeah, I mean, it really is what it's done. In my my opinion, this is what Filoni and all those folks are doing, is they're going, we know you hated one, two, and three, but again, Lucas said, hey, I'm doing it for a five-year-old, and for a five-year-old, I I will stand behind. What a brilliant presentation of how the world works for a five-year-old. Sure. It really, really is. But Filoni and the gang have said, but we know people wanted more than that because you're not five, and I believe that is what they're doing, especially with uh, something like Andor and, of course, Rogue One, and it makes you just so excited to go, oh, my my God, there was so much going on it, it, than just when we saw Han, Luke, and you know Leia. Yeah, and I know Gareth mentioned it last episode, but yeah, and the fact that they're moving it to more streaming platforms just shows they really want this show to succeed. Like, they know how good it is, how the writing's going, the character development. People are, the people who are watching it are loving it to the point where, like, I can't believe we're finally getting this Star Wars, you know, material that we were hoping for. Yeah, I uh, I have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, I'll quickly say thank, because uh, everybody hates on these people. I will thank on Alex Kurtzman and Michelle Paradise and all the great people that bring me Star Trek, Star Trek in general, uh, because Michelle especially does uh, Discovery, and I love that show, and I know not everybody does, but I really do. Uh, but I also, Kurtzman, for bringing us the Star Trek universe that we have. I love all those Star Trek shows. I am so happy, uh, that, and I spoke earlier, of course, about Star Trek Prodigy, which is a great way for a little kid to watch a show, and I think brilliant, and uh, Lower Decks. But I, I, I would like to, you know, I would like to thank... My local FLGS, my local friendly, friendly local game store, uh, which was kind of redundant to say local FLGS. But, um, and for us, of course, for me, it's Zulu's Board Game Cafe, but everybody's got a great local game store. And in the, in the age of Amazon and being able to buy everything online, it is so tough for those guys to give you a place where you can basically call your home for somebody who's geeky and socially awkward. Um, I can only speak for Zulu's, but I would imagine everybody's FLGS is, you know, they can ha- tell a story like this. But Zulu's, for uh, for me and my friends, is ju- they've just been what you want. It's been definitely friendly in the, the capital F. And I, I just want to thank them because I have a massive board game addiction, and they do such a great job going, hey, do you know this, this, and hey, try it out, do that. And I, I just feel like, man... I am so thankful for a place like that, a local game store to go play, go hang. Uh, They treat us great, and I hope the same thing for your friendly local game store. And if you haven't really gone into your friendly local game store, I know they want to be that way. So go in there, and hopefully you can establish a wonderful community and play board games with everybody and have a a lot of fun. And and, uh, we, we we just have a lot of fun, and I want to thank Zulus for that. Awesome. In yeah. Bothell, Washington, the great the great land of Bothell, Washington. The great land of Bothell. Well, before we get out of here, we have a special holiday geek sheet with Vicky B. The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Yeah, I guess it's official. We can go ding 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 a ding ding ding. Guess what we're doing? Christmas! Christmas! It's happening. 
Well, there's a lot of Christmas movies that are either coming out in the next month or have come out that are very, like, talked about. And I think some of these movies are going to become the classics. Like, Ooh, that wow. this is, like, you know, modern day classic movies wow, or like an elf, if you will. Wow, that's big talk right there. And I think this one is going to be one of them. Yeah. What do you got, Vicky? Violent Night. That's, That's an interesting big name. Doings. <laughs> that is Big Doings, Violent Night, because it is definitely not your traditional Christmas movie. I, just like, you know, Bad Santa was also hey, not your traditional Christmas movie. Someone did say it's like, this is going to be like Die Hard. I'm going to watch it every year. Ah, okay. It's that fight. If you guys don't know what it is, it's, it's going to be coming out December 2nd. So next week? Next week. Uh, it's about a team of mercenaries. They break into this wealthy family's compound on Christmas Eve. The head mercenary is played by John Leguizamo, which, again, I've talked about. I love him. Um, But he takes everyone inside hostage. He's trying to rob all the money they have cash in their vault. But he gets a little uh, surprise. Santa Claus. The actual Santa Claus. Oh. He's got the Santa Claus powers and everything. Like, Uh, oh, the fighting sequences in the trailer look awesome. So he's not just your uncle in a weird suit. No. No. He is the actual Santa Claus, played by David Harbour. Which, of oh. course, who doesn't love the sh- who doesn't love the sheriff? I just Hopper. talked about it from Stranger Things. Yep. Who doesn't love Hopper? Stranger Things, Black Widow. He was also the new Hellboy. Oh. Yep. So I feel like this is going to be one of those classic movies that are going to be rewatchable. I'm very excited, and I wish it was not just coming out in theaters and it was already out on streaming, so I could watch it on Christmas Day. And then watch this it reminds again and me, again. and I maybe maybe when the Geek Nationals can tell us, there was another movie where, it's, but Santa was being hunted, and it was a weird movie where the military was involved. And I mean, oh gosh, I think Santa got shot, and and but but because he's Santa, he was able to be okay, but. It was it was weird, and somebody recommended it to me and my wife, and we watched it. We Fat watched Man, it was, no. yeah, I think it was Fat Man. Fat Man, yeah, With Mel Gibson. Yeah, that's right, it was Mel Gibson. Yeah, <laughs> as Santa Claus, Mel it was Gibson was Santa. Joe, do we watch that at the house, Joe? I have never seen that movie. Oh, Let me tell so you. my wife and I, maybe it was maybe it was uh, my daughter and her, her and my future son-in-law. The four of us watched this movie for after Christmas or something, and it was it was it was like, what the hell are we watching? Why? How did I not know about this? Yeah, you might want to check that out. It's disturbing, but yeah, it's it's. It, but I mean, if it could be like while you're waiting for Violent Night, because it is a violent Santa Claus movie, Fat Man. Yeah, right. of course it would be Mel Gibson. Yeah, I forgot about. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew it was somebody, but I couldn't think of who it was. It was Mel as Santa, okay. and it's it's uh it's it got its moments of it's okay. got its moments of what and really it's like somebody's pissed off at Santa for a reason, and uh, that's why yeah. they go hunting for oh Santa. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Well, the other one's not as violent. I did want to bring these up because they're not going to be. I have the list of the best Christmas movies of 2022. Some of these have not come out yet. That's why I wanted to bring these up first. Okay, then. I'm ready. Uh, the other one is uh, the the A Christmas Story, A Christmas Story Christmas, which is basically the sequel of A Christmas Story. Oh, Ralphie's with, all grown up. Mm-hmm. That one is already out. Uh, it looks like you need to, you can watch it on HBO Max if you have the subscription. Well, you can watch you. it there free. We do. Uh, I never watched A Christmas Story growing up, so I don't have that attachment like everyone else does. Neither and neither do I. And I don't. Joey Dees and nope. Sarah, I never exp- I never exposed them to that movie. I, it, it came out after I was not paying attention. Uh, so yeah, if that's uh, that's your jam. Go for it. And this one actually came out last week. It's not a movie. It's a series. It is called The Santa Clauses. Yes, Tim Allen's back. Mm-hmm. And this is a series on Netflix, I believe. And looks like there is six episodes. They're all, let's see, you get two of them already out. This is weird because they're actually spacing them out. There's another one going on 
today. What day is it? Yep, today, next week, and then the following week. Yeah, all the way until December 14th, which is very unusual. Nice, nice lead up. Okay. I heard Netflix was going to start oh, doing I'm this. I'm sorry, Disney Plus. Oh, I thought it was Netflix too. That makes more sense. So it's Disney Plus that's doing the Santa Claus. But I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix jumps on that. But anyway, bottom line is, uh, I know a lot of people love the Santa Claus. I was okay with those movies. I don't love them the way everybody does. I liked the first one when I was a kid. Yeah, they're fine. But it's it's an interesting concept. I'll probably watch it because I mean, why not watch holiday stuff? Mm -hmm. All holiday movies are usually pretty good, regardless of their you know actual quality, because you know you're having a good time. Uh, and so going actual, the list of what's the best Christmas movies in 2022 and where to watch them by TV guide themselves. And one of them on the list I'm seeing here is a relatively recent movie that may be on the classic category soon. Oh, really? Uh, well, the first one they have is Polar Express. Sure. Yeah. It, it's kind of creepy looking, but my little brother loves it so much. He's like, I want to watch the big train movie. It's to the point where I'm like, OK, it's endearing now. Kids love trains. Uh, yeah, like I said, HBO Max for that one. A Christmas Story, the first one. Oh, okay. Also on HBO Max if you want to see it before you watch A Christmas Story Christmas. This one, 8-Bit Christmas. You hey, saw this last year, dude, right? This, I'm glad you brought this up. This is, yeah, this is going to be a new classic. It's, it's, it's well done. This came Very out. Very nostalgic. This came out in 2021. It is on HBO Max. It's an original holiday film with Neil Patrick Harris. He's yep. recalling how he really wanted that Nintendo Entertainment System for Christmas back in like the 1980s, which feels like forever for some people. Oh, or some people weren't even. Yeah, alive. I oh, know. Gosh. This is this is super nostalgia, and and but it's re- it is really good. You don't. It's going to be one of those movies where you're going to go. I don't even know what that is. What is that Nintendo? And you know, it's like in 20, 30 years, maybe they're still watching this. It's like you know your Switch. It was yeah. like the great grandfather of the Switch. It's it's basically <laughs> just like you know Ralphie trying to get the uh, the BB gun. Yeah. You know, it's like that. that like he he's doing everything he can to get that BB gun, and Neil Patrick Harris talks about how he was doing everything he can to get that Nintendo. Uh, the last one for HBO Max is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, yep. I, 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 you know what? I won't be watching that. Yeah, It doesn't it's, hit me the way it hits everybody same, else. Same here. This yeah. one, though, is one of my all-time favorites, Home Alone. Oh, yeah. The classic. I love both it's of It's a them. good one. Uh, th- that one you can watch on uh, Disney+. Plus. Another one where I, I haven't actually seen this one, uh, Netflix one. It's called A Boy Called Christmas. Ooh. Is he actually called Christmas? Yeah, it's a 2000, tw- or 2021 British film, A Boy Called Christmas, goes full-on fantasy telling the origin story of one of Christmas's most famous figures, plus it features an adorable talking mouse. Oh, okay. It's a British film. Don't know if I know this. CGI, I know it's like more, uh, maybe he, he's just really wow. cold, but it looks like it's animated, but maybe yeah, he's just w- a really cold dude. I remember <laughs> I remember another animated movie from last year that was Christmassy about a guy. Uh, Klaus. Klaus, yes. I think it came Klaus. out a couple years ago, but All it's right. really, really good. Klaus is good. I think, not BJ Novak, the other one. Jason yeah. something. Yeah, that guy. But it also has J. Jonah Jameson. If that one I really recommend. Oh, yeah, that guy. Uh, also, oh, I lied. They They mixed them up. Elf, you can also watch on HBO Max. Same, it's an, I never really watched that one, and it, by the time I was old enough to really appreciate it, it just felt annoying. I feel like here's the thing: you want to do a back to back, but you have to get Apple TV Plus. You watch Elf, and then you go watch that new Spirited with uh, mm-hmm. Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. <gasps> that's the other I one. Thank hope you. That that's, movie's good. That's the one I forgot. I was like, I'm forgetting one dimension. Yeah, that one's coming out. That one's already in theaters, and it's going to be coming out. I believe we're going to be watching that. So yeah, uh, yeah, we're going to figure out how to watch that one at the house at some point. Yeah. That'll be streamed during the holidays for sure. Yes. Uh, another one. Okay, I'm curious to see which one do you prefer? How the Grinch Stole Christmas, specifically the Jim Carrey one. I like that better than I thought. I finally watched it. Oh, 
okay. Uh, yeah, I finally watched it last year, and I was like, you know what? This is better than I expected it to be. I might try to watch the Cumberbatch one um, and see how that is. I like the classic, you know, Boris Karloff, who, was, who right. played Frankenstein in the old Universal movies, the, the, those <laughs> black and white Universal monster movies. That guy who played Frankenstein was the voice of the Grinch in uh, the original cartoon, yeah. Uh, I, I really love the music from the original one, but Jim Carrey is just such a treasure. Yeah, there. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong because Jim. Yeah, you're right. Jim Carrey is great in it, and uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on with that one. I I, I was so shocked. I'm like, you know, I kind of like this uh, Jim Carrey Grinch. Uh, and it's looking like you could see the Grinch, the animated one with Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, you can watch it on Fubu TV. It's got a one week free trial. Direct TV stream. Oh, Fubu wow. or YouTube TV, I guess. I'm gonna tell um, them. Oh, YouTube TV. Yeah. See, I pay something for YouTube. I know I pay them for something. <laughs> I better be able to do something with them then. Uh, but you can also purchase or rent them from Prime, Apple TV, and Google oh, Play. Oh, well, sure. With In my money, they, yeah, I can right. buy anything from those uh, people. This one may be controversial. Oh, really? Die Hard. Yeah, I, uh, I know it takes place during Christmas. It's a great movie. Do I want to watch it on Christmas? I don't know. I yeah, know a lot of people yeah. do, and they can. And for me, I'm, I, you know, I'd rather, you're like, I'm, I'm in a frosty Rudolph mood, you know, that's where I'm at. I want a very put on the movie in the background kind of guy. Okay. So this would work perfectly for that. Like if All we're right. doing a game, you can just throw Die Hard on the background. It'd be great. Uh, you can watch that on Stars. Uh, All right. This one, I feel like it's a little overrated. Love Actually. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, I, you know, that movie, once you see it, you've seen it. Yeah. That's how I look at it. A lot of people love watching the their, like a romantic comedy during the uh, the holidays that aren't by Hallmark. <laughs> Where's yeah. Frosty at, man? We haven't even oh, got a Frosty the Snowman yet. Not yet. Uh, uh, you can watch that one, by the way, on Peacock if that's uh, up your boat. Quick aside, have you seen the heating company, the Miser Brothers heating company, with the and it's the heat miser and the frost miser, and they have their own heating company? Oh. And they go, we'll fight for your business. And I, I think it's T-shirt public or T-public. That's an awesome shirt. That's an awesome T-shirt if you're especially a fan of the Heat Miser guys. Are you saying it might be on one of your lists? Yeah, you never know. All right, I'm going to run down because there's quite a few of them. Just going to bust right, them out. Go ahead. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, Disney+. Okay, Plus. fair enough. The Family Stone, never saw it. Nope. Uh, Stars, While You Were Sleeping, that one's a little creepy. I've really? seen it. Uh, Disney+. Plus. I don't know. Just Friends, uh, Peacock, that's a Ryan Reynolds movie. Okay. Jack Frost. So not necessarily oh, frosty. I remember that. It's what with is... Michael Keaton. Yes. He, uh, yeah. What is it? A husband and father who dies in a car accident only to come back to life as a snowman. Oh. Well, there's one ish. Wow. It says it was a total flop when it released in 1998, but yep. it has become a, cl- a holiday classic for plenty of people. All right, then. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Of course. Apple TV Plus, if you want to watch any of the Charlie Brown stuff. Yeah, I guess I can do that. That's good to know. Uh, last holiday, <laughs> the one with Queen Latifah, you can watch it on Amazon Prime Video or oh. Paramount Plus. All right, I didn't know she had a Christmas thing. Yeah, it's where she thinks uh, she's been told that like she doesn't have much to live and she lived like a very oh eh, life. So she's like, screw it, I'm putting all the money out. I'm going on a big fancy vacation, quit oh. my job. All right, uh, just gonna do everything because I'm about to die, and then obviously probably not. Oh, she'll I've never die. Seen it. She has. I'm no money. assuming if it's a Christmas movie, they probably live. <laughs> Hold on a second, though. But then she better get someone better give her like the lottery if she spends all of her money and then she finds out, and you have another forty years to live. What? She does. She does find love, so maybe he's got the money. I'm oh, not sure. That's the moral of the story. That's the moral. So the moral of the story is: is be told you're gonna die, spend all your money, and find love. Uh, do you remember this one, White Christmas? With Bing Crosby? I think so. That it is, looks old. <laughs> it's, you want to see George Clooney's mom. I mean, I should say his aunt. George Clooney's aunt is in it. Of okay. course, Bing Crosby is in it. It is dated as all hell. But if you really want to take a look at Americana 
and what people were like during World War II times, this movie will show you. I mean, granted, it's acting, but I mean, when you think about how people talked and how they were and interacted, it's like a, it's like a history lesson. And it is about Christmas. And um, it, you'll be like, wow, people really had to be concerned about these things. And this was the drama. And it was, it's powerful because the two women in this are really fighting, and, and, and if I, my memory corrects me, serves me correctly, they're trying to be noticed as equals in some way, shape, or form, but in the 40s, you know, I mean, so it's revolutionary when you think about it, even though it may seem dated, but it, I, I think Rosemary Clooney, I think, was really, like, she wasn't your typical mm-hmm. female actor. Mm-hmm. She was like, hey, I'm just going to be me, and too bad. Uh, that was my memory of White Christmas, and it's it's considered a classic for sure. You can see that one on Netflix. Krampus on Peacock. Oh, and yeah. Krampus! I, I'll post the rest of the list on uh, on our Facebook page. Muppet Christmas Carol, because of course. What Disney about Plus. the Santas? They didn't put the bad Santas in there? Uh, no, they did put Scrooge, though, on Paramount Plus oh, and Amazon sorry. Prime TV. Now we're watching Bad Santa. Bad Santa 2, I get, wasn't as great as Bad Santa 1. It was, uh, I get they it. They did put Shazam in here as well. Oh, come on. Really? I, mean, I love Shaq, but I can't even support that. Not that one. No, the, oh. uh, the one with, uh, what's his face? Oh. Uh, Chuck. Zach- Chuck was it. Zachary yeah. Levy. Yeah. No. Uh, yes? Yeah, he was Chuck. Okay, cool. Yeah. I got I got confused with the other yeah, Levy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so it's what Eugene Levy? Yes. Oh, that'd be a hell of a I was show. like, did I say Eugene Levy? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, uh yeah, I uh I support, I support I support all of this. Yeah, check them out. And if you guys have any oh, holiday oh, movies oh. that we did not talk about, let us know. We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and we'll talk to you guys next time. Stay nerdy.